Welcome, welcome down to this week's episode of Pally Talks Golf, powered by the beautiful people at Four Golf Custom. Go for your tour level custom fitting experience in Castle ASAP. Four Golf Custom is your place to go. It's where Seamus goes. It's where I go. Oh, who's Seamus? Oh, oh, this guy, you know, top 30 in the world. Seamus. Hey, I'm Seamus Power on the PGA Tour. If you're looking for the best golf club reviews out there on YouTube, just check out the guys at Four Golf Custom. They've custom fit my golf clubs for years and they're the best in the business. So yeah, good enough for Seamus, definitely good enough for me and 100% good enough for everybody of, out there listening, for you, for your friends, for the golfing love of your life, or, you know, an early Christmas present. Um, this week's episode is episode 150. We are pressing play for, well, I'm pressing record, you're pressing play with four years. If you're new to the podcast, so you've, an, you've like a lot of catching up to do. You've got a back catalogue there of some fantastic stories, people in golf, and learning about people's journeys to being a pro, being a director of golf, on choosing to go to America for a scholarship, or going to the Menuth program, or have a golf company. So yeah, they're the people I interview. And also, you know, people who just play golf, people like Mark Moriarty from a couple of weeks ago. So if that's your jazz, you will love this week's episode. It's PJ Professional in Royal Port Rush, Charlene Reed. I mean, listen, we talking about practice. Joe Brawley told us the production line was finished in Kerry. Well, Joe Brawley, what do you think of that? Last time you teed it up, given the weather we have in Ireland, uh, it was last week. Yeah, I said was a miss. It was a nice women's day. There was a few women, um, and myself. We got together in the afternoon and played nine holes, and then had a little cocktail after. <laughs> That's the way to do it. That's the way to do oh, it. Charlene, what what is good. your what is your earliest memory of golf? Oh well, my earliest memory of golf is actually going out and carrying for my dad um, at Castle Rock Golf Club. Never as a be eight. Um, I don't know what why I took the notion, but I decided one Saturday morning I would go pull his bag around the golf course. Although, to be honest, I think I maybe pulled it for one hole and then walked the rest. <laughs> it was too much effort. Um, and then I didn't really take up golf until I was 12. So, yeah. Good. And and what what was the compelling event at 12? Was it spending more time uh, with your dad, which is what my daughter yeah. wants to do now. She's so three I in a couple of weeks. That, so yeah, she's I like... No way, see? Yeah, so she's like, where are you going? Where are you going? Because Christopher's 12. She's like, can I come too? She's at three. Oh, you know, she wanted yeah, pink yeah. golf clubs for Christmas. This will be lost on people listening. But here I know, the back so... of the office, <laughs> we do have her pink putter here. Oh, I love it. <laughs> love it. We oh, didn't yeah. have pink golf clubs in my day. I think I had a top-down old set of men's clubs or something. So was that the reason? Was it was it hanging out with dad or hanging out with mom or yeah. was it something so else? I'm very much a, I'm very much a dad as well and probably still am. Um, so yes, yeah, so I went and carried for him every Saturday or every Saturday I could um, for quite a few years. And at the 15th Castle Rock, it's a par five, but um, it's right beside the 14th green, the tee box. So he used to let me go and tee up 
and hit a seven iron off the tee, his club. So I try and beat this seven iron off the tee. And then one day I managed to get it to the top of the hill. And his then partner looked at me and said, Chris, I think that's quite a good hit. Maybe you should ask her if she wants to play golf. So he did. And I said, well, I wouldn't mind. And that was the rest of history. <laughs> the rest is history. Was there any other sports growing up? Yeah, so a lot of sports. I used to swim a lot. Um, and played a lot of field hockey. And uh, also a bit of everything. A bit of sprinting. Um, all sorts. I like the streets playing football and cricket and rounders. I loved it. And I'm assuming it was Castle Rock you grew up in or that community uh, around there, was it? Yeah, so I'm from Ballymoney, which is about 12 miles away from Port Rush. Um, but yeah, my my parents are members of Castle Rock. Um, I was a member of Castle Rock for a while and then I was lucky to be able to join Rob Port Rush whenever I was about 15. So yeah, I'm kind of part of the furniture here now. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what comes to mind like growing up in Ballymoney between Castle Rock and Port Rush? What, what comes to mind growing up in that area of the world? Beaches, like we're so lucky here to be um, so close to so many beautiful beaches and the ocean. And um, yeah, so most of my summers on the beaches. My cousins, they had a caravan in Port Rush, so we would have come down here a lot and uh, been bodyboarding or trying to bodyboard and exploring the sand dunes and yeah, just having fun and very outdoorsy. So yeah, just having fun outdoors and probably getting up to things I probably shouldn't have been. <laughs> Don't worry, that's for a different podcast. Uh, that question. <laughs> what, Charlie, <laughs> what do you do for fun now? Uh, well, do you know what? It sounds so sad. I still golf for fun, honestly. I'm here during the week before work and then on my days off and still here golf. Um, yeah, I golf. I do a lot of walking. Um, and I've recently just taken up swimming again. So, yeah, just trying to stay active and fit. Um, and then obviously I like to go catch up and get a coffee with friends or something stronger. <laughs> That's my favorite thing to do is uh, I'm not a coffee connoisseur. My wife calls me. I'm a coffee. Uh, what's the other word? Snob. Yeah, I'm a coffee, coffee snob. <laughs> but I do appreciate a good coffee head up with friends. Yeah. Are you one of those people so who's who've taken on swimming because you do the whole sea swimming in the morning vibe? No, oh, Ash, I'd swing in a pool. You wouldn't get me in the sea at this time of year. Maybe another couple of months before I do that. Um, but you know what? I took it up just to sort of try and get a bit more supple and flexible and stronger again. Um, I just remember as a kid just being quite strong and very flexible without doing very much in that area. Um, so I I put it down to swimming. So that's why I've really taken it up again. And also it's just something something different. Absolutely. Uh, we bring our Sophie swimming every couple of weeks and I jumped in for like to, to, to the big pool and just after two lengths, I was gassed. I was like, because I used yeah. I used to do like the Sharon Davies swim when I was a teenager, which is like 50 yeah. lengths for, for yeah. cancer support. I jumped in two lengths. I was broken. I was yeah. like, holy. Oh, no. Of course, I, I jumped in like thinking I was Michael Phelps. I'm going to burst these two lengths. <laughs> Gasping, so yeah, absolutely. Um, well, for, for I was looking to one side, I was like, Where's the closest lifeguard? Um, <laughs> did the states come calling? I don't do much research, but there is a Charlene Reed in Fife University Falcons on the Hall of Fame. Is yeah, that you? That's me. That's me. <laughs> 
four-time all-conference performer, earned all read yeah. and all-American accolades. Careful now, the head won't fit out the door rush after this. Uh, <laughs> tell us, how did that opportunity come around in Pfeiffer? Is it Michelle um, Pfeiffer? Or is it completely different? No, but it's not the same as Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so it's just about, um, I started there, I think, 2005, a long time ago. Um, but my friend, Nikki Taggart, who also um, played golf for Oscar in Ireland, um, she had gone out the year before me, came home in May and said, Charlene, university in America is amazing. You should come to my university. And I was like, well, sure, I'll look into it. And yeah, that August came around. So literally three months later, I was on a flight out to North Carolina. <laughs> so that's how it all came about. Um, and I loved it. I loved every minute of it. We got to play at a beautiful golf course called Old Norse Pier, um, which is, well, back then it was um, ranked, I think, number two after Pinehurst in North Carolina. So it was just beautiful. It was on a lake, beautiful sunsets. It was gorgeous. Um, and our coach was really good at the time as well. He was a good recruiter. So, yeah, and I think the fact that I already had a friend there just made the move a lot easier. Yeah, the, that seems to be the trend of Irish folks in American colleges and on golf scholarships is either someone from the parish has gone out or there's someone on the on the team yeah. already, let's say with Ireland or with the province, and they say, hey, you know, we do a bit of um, Irish nepotism and we get all our friends out there, but like you have to execute as well when you go out and buy. By God, did you do that? Huh? We weren't yeah. out there shooting 81s. We blow around 68s, you know, and, and better. So what was the trend like from... You know, really getting stuck in as a golfer at 12, hanging out in Port Rush from 15, hanging out, you know, playing golf to being a collegiate golfer. What was the trend in development? And you know, was it self taught? Did you lean on Gary there or who, who did you yeah, describe so that trans transition for us? Yeah, I would have gone to Gary for a few lessons. Um, and then I also, there was a guy, Colin Little, at Valley Clare Club Club. Um, I would have gone to him for lessons. He was at Algorman at the time, and that was our nearest driving range, really. So we would have used that a lot in the evenings, um, especially throughout the winter because obviously it's so dark here. Um, so yeah, so Colin gave me a lot of lessons, and then I went off to college, and obviously you have your college coaches and everything. And um, and then after college, I went to Debbie Hannah for lessons, and um, yeah, so I've had a few coaches and um, quite a few people trying to take me on but yeah it's, it's all been good fun and all a lot of depression <laughs> you're too modest you are if you ask someone from Claire <laughs> that question if you ask because I'm from Claire so I can say this if you ask someone from Claire that question they were direct right because I'm unreal probably will probably come out so so Pfeiffer was there any talk coming, going through your head when you were at Pfeiffer coming back playing for Ireland that you know I'm going to you know LPGA or you know European Ladies Tour was that on the horizon or was there a compelling event through your time in university or thereafter where um, you decided on the PGA route? Yeah, so I think I always, from quite uh, early on taking up golf, I think I always would have saw myself more as a golf coach or working in that pro shop environment rather than being on tour playing. Um, and even at college, I, like I love golf, but I just find competitively I'm quite hard on myself, I suppose. And I think by the time a season finished in college or a season finished here at home in Ireland, I was exhausted myself when I was just, you know, I could quite easily put the clubs away for a couple of months and not even look at them. So 
I think in my head I always knew her life wouldn't be for me mentally because I just don't think I would have been able to cope especially if you're trying to make money and you, you might have to play golf competitively and fearful for 12 months a year never mind you know, three months a year three months on a couple of months off um so yeah so I always knew I didn't think I'd have the stamina I suppose to do to her life that's cool it, it suits some people it doesn't suit others and I suppose that's where yeah. you know an American an American experience like that teaches a lot about yourself you know like I was lucky enough in early professional life to work abroad for a couple of years here and a couple of years there and yeah. it really tells you whether you're whether you're kind of cut out for being on flights and that or not you know or yeah. fending for yourself I'm not saying you can't but it's just yeah. in terms of you, you see the likes of, you know, top 100 on tour on, on women's and men's tours and they're living out of a suitcase, you know, yeah. and, and not all the time. It's not all private just like it is on full swing. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's no, it's not. And as well, like I'm such a people person. I think I just find it really lonely. And I know there's other girls in town, you make friends and everything, but um, I just think just to have, you no, know, you can get, you can get lucky and you can do really well and earn a lot of money very quickly, but just to have, I just don't think I would have been able to mentally cope with wondering where my next paycheck was going to come from or if I was even going to have a next paycheck. Yeah, yeah. Like there's a there was a very good image. It was last year, maybe the year before, of Victor Hovland. And it was like in a five-star hotel, three o'clock in the morning. Let's call, let's call it like MGM Las Vegas or somewhere. Somewhere real like yeah. where I'd be like really uncomfortable with the level of service somewhere like that yeah. <laughs> but 3 a.m he's carrying his own tour bag at the base of the stairs there's no one around and it kind of was like a window into life on tour even at the top yeah. was you think it's all five stars and private jets this is like 3 a.m getting in he's all in his own there's yeah. no team around like that's what it's yeah. like so so yeah no doubt it can be tough and uh, we hear stories you know was it a year before our Shane won the open he was crying in the back seat of his car after missing the cut at a previous major 18 months before yeah. so 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 it's not all roses at the top but we love port rush and you're there 10 plus years of your linkedin open oh, here in front of you people accuse me of not preparing for these things so i'm going over and above <laughs> we, we we love we love port rush 10 approaching 11 years there um, before we get yeah. into how glorious it is now, what was it like in around mid midway through 2012 when you started? What Royal Port Rush looked uh, like then as so a course, I, as a community, as a, as a club? Yeah, so I think I started in Port Rush 2012. I came to help out for one week, and that was during the Irish Open, and I just never left. <laughs> I love people that start <laughs> off their careers like that. Well, yeah. I was meant to be here for a week, and I'm here 11 yeah. years now. Yeah. So Gary kept calling me and said, Lee, when you work this day, you work that day. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, no problem. And I'd actually, I was working in a hotel at the time in reception. Um, and I'd happen, I was planning to go back to university to do a master's. Um, and then finally, after working, helping out the whole summer, Gary said, do you want a full-time job? And I was like, yeah, but only if I can do my PGA, Gary. Like, I don't want to just be a retail assistant. Like, I want to be able to, like, you know, advance this in some way. And he goes, yeah, that's no problem with me. <laughs> So that's how I got the job. But when I started here in 2012, like I started at a very exciting time and this was sort of the start, I suppose, of our run to to getting the open. Um, back Ten, it was a 10-year plan, wasn't it? So it was literally yeah. the first yeah. year of that. Yeah, great timing. Ms. Reed. So it was amazing. 
Um, and the Irish Open was been successful. At the time, I think it was the only European tour event to sell out other than the Ryder Cup. So we had, and I just, I joined at the, you know, the start of the most successful week that the European tour had and the uh, most successful week that World Cup Rush ever had. Um, and then from that, obviously, it had a massive knock-on effect with the local community and visitors wanting to come to Port Rush and um, from that summer, World Cup Rush has just grown so much as a, a town and community and the golf club has, has, has grown immensely with regards to visitors and clientele and you know, the changes on the course and getting back into the world sort of top, well, depends on what magazine you read, I suppose. But, you know, we're one of the best golf courses now in the world again. And, you know, we're 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 in everybody's sort of bucket list. Everybody wants to come and play here. Um, so, yeah, the last 10 years has just has been incredible. And it's just our my job has changed so much from starting here to what it is now. And the club itself has just changed so much that you've gone, I think, from maybe... You know, we're now a 1.5 million turnover business in the shop and things like that. Like, it's just, it's it's very exciting. It is. It is. You did a lot of work around, and I'm not saying, I'm, and I think you, you still do, around developing junior golf participation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm assuming that was that was ongoing anyway, but, like, there was a real big bullet point on the, on the, on the CV around the open legacy and coaching and, you know, yes. multiple schools, mm -hmm. 10 plus schools, and introduce, I can't talk, how do I host a show? And introducing golf to like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids. Yeah, right? yeah, it was brilliant. So um, in 2015, um, I suppose there's always the assistance job to organize junior coaching every summer and sort of holiday. So I've been doing that for a few years, and I said to Gary, I said, you know, Gary, it's a bit rubbish. Like, it's the same kids that come back to me, but, you know, I see them three times a year. I said, you know, we should have some sort of progression and sort of do something that just continues throughout the year so I decided to develop um our cadet program so it would include coaching on a weekly basis and we'd have a we have a we will be three pitch and putt course now there's 12 holes and 12 or three holes um and I organize a weekly competition for them all and they can come and play and I do a little handicap for them and then every week obviously if they do well they get cut and it's all they find it all very exciting so that's the kids age between five and ten and we currently have about a hundred that um so yeah it's a little crazy but it's a lot of fun um but from that obviously darren egg wind of this and then they um and they very kindly invited me to do a lot of um uh, introductions to golf at uh, primary schools and even with the university of ulster and um there was lots of different programs at the time so i think actually over that the 2019 period that year i think i introduced I don't know, something crazy, like 3,000 children to golf was just something. It was a crazy number whenever I added it all up. <laughs> it's bonkers. And I tell you, like, it's really powerful at that age. Because, like, I'm coming yeah. from, like, real grassroots entry-level stuff. The local club asked me would I help with doing one, ah, ah, not even a number, ah, school, get into golf program yeah. here, here, here in Nace. I said, no problem. You know, I brought up a Hot mad and a few small bits and bits I've robbed from driving ranges over the years. <laughs> um, I went up and like, you know, from first to sixth class. So it was about you know, about two hundred kids, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, there was eight of us. It wasn't just me. So like the 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 the, the, the getting the golf person to to student ratio wasn't too bad. It's like one to four. 
Well, so it was really, yeah. it was really powerful, like how they saw God before versus how they saw it after 20, 30 minutes, because yeah. it was all around fun and they made it really easy to start with and really visual and, and that type of thing. And it was organized in a week. It didn't take like six months to put this together. So yeah. it's like six and seven year olds who are like in the hockey club, playing rugby, playing GAA, going swimming. And they've never played golf because they're not 10 yet. Do you know what I mean? That's the stipulation in a lot of places, especially around here. I was like, Mm -hmm. I really want to play now. My dad goes every weekend or my mom goes and I wait until I'm a big boy or big girl when I'm 10, like four years away. But already four or five other sports they're invested in. So it's, I I know a lot of places have changed now, but just how they saw golf afterwards. Oh, I thought it was boring. I never saw it on TV, but I really like it. You know, I hit it into the field, you know, (laughs) the field next door. So yeah, like that, seeing those stories and bringing back to like the golf club after the think of the two, 250 uh, kids, there was like 50 applications into the golf club, which was the whole point of it, you know? Oh, so, that's like the, so, so any, any golf clubs listening, like I'm, and I'm delighted to see that you're involved in Port Russian cadets and with schools because the school partnership schemes with golf clubs, like golf clubs are a community once you get involved in, and in Ireland, yeah. especially like it is a community for a lot of rural places, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. um, I'm from Le Hinch. So if there was, if there was no Le Hinch, there would be no Le Hinch to get me. Well, yeah. surfers, yeah. there'd be surfers, but uh, so for people listening, like, that's how powerful it can yeah. be. And I think it's really important. And actually that's why the cadet program, I actually, um, I will give preference to those children who I, to the schools that I go into. Because I know they've had a taster, I know they've enjoyed it, and I just feel that you know it's all about continuation and um yeah, and that's part of the progression as well is letting those school children then take it from the sports hall or the or the 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 grass area at the back of the school to then bringing them to the real golf course to then introduce them to real golf because obviously these are mad so you're, you know there's a lot of implementation with it as well so introduce them to real golf and then see how they get on and. Um, it's it's so important, I think. I mean, I think you know. Again, I do. Um, I start them from five. Um, and again, at five, they're already playing rugby and and all these other sports and doing loads of different things. So yeah, so I think as young, the younger you can start them, the better. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I I always, I always use the GAA reference. There's like winter under fives programs in Kerry. Yeah, <laughs> for, for clubs, you know. So, yeah. so what are we doing from a golf perspective, huh? Um, Port Rush twenty twenty seven is going to be a slightly bigger year than average. Twenty twenty five. Sorry. Yeah. No, you're fine. Twenty twenty five. Here in no time, that. I know. <laughs> it feels like it's only just been. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking Ryder Cup in Ireland. That's what I'm I thinking. Know. But yeah, twenty twenty five. Because when I was up yeah. with the E, I was up with the E. Mm-hmm. So if you. It was just born 2020. That's how long ago it was. I still fit into the top yeah. though, so we're 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 moving in the right direction. We'll start that out. Uh, I'll be up soon. Uh, with work. <laughs> with work, in further comments, but real work. Um, it was literally the week after uh, Gary, it was announced. Gary was like, Don't be telling yeah. no one, but don't be telling no one, but he was really excited yeah. when he came out and met me. It was, it was really, really nice to hear. Um and like he walked a few holes with me when I played 
I was like, this is where Lowry hit that shot. And it was like, oh, but Christ, I yeah. don't even see, don't even see how that's possible. Um, so maybe versus last time, it's a different ramp up because you did, Fort Rush did 10 years of like, there was a lot of coursework, there was tunnels built, was it between yeah. 9th Green and 10th T yeah. to allow for like uh, spectators, you know, and, and safe yeah. passage, <laughs> yeah. really. So what's the, what's the ramp up like now, a couple of years? In advance well, to it's it. all quite quiet. I suppose the last time we had to get two new holes built as well. So like the infrastructure around the first B and B screen to be possible. Um for spectators and everything. Um now and they are starting to come over now sort of assess everything, but this it was pretty much I suppose an inverted commas a plug in open because all the work has been done. Um, uh, you know, all the fiber optics are in, all the elect you know, electric points are in. So you just sort of lift up the um, lids and just unplug in and off you go. Um, just like the Gusta yeah. in in a, in a few weeks, they literally are yeah. right over the top of the hole and they plug in all their cables. CBC. Exactly. Yeah, because I think the last time it was nineteen, we had very few generators because we did have enough time with the twenty first century open and allow fiber optics, electric cables, all the that they weren't required to have generators. Everything seems to be plugged in. Um and then in but they are looking at I know they're looking to sort of increase um like the tinted villages and the Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that, I say. Oh yeah. So as far it's been quite quiet. Um but I think next year well it'll get really exciting. Absolutely. We already can't wait. <laughs> yeah, I, a lot of people can't wait I say a certain man from Clara can't wait either um, <laughs> what has been the result of COVID we'll say in terms of the the capacity for people to play in Portrush because it was you know 2020 the end of 2020 got kind of DOI UKI business yeah. and yeah, just from speaking to operators and different golf groups kind of 2021 we kind of got half a season and 2022 was like three years in one. And this yeah, year is kind of the same. It, and that's yeah. Southwest. What's it like in Port Rush in terms of people getting a game? Well, unless you're booked, you're not going to get a game this year. <laughs> We're fully <laughs> booked. Um, now, to be fair, we actually with so many visitors last year. We have to just the amount of visitors from this year because obviously with the open coming, we do have to be careful with the amount of traffic that the course receives. So this year, um, we only had visitors between May and the end of September. Um, but the if you look at the tea sheets for those months, there's just it is so it is bonkers. <laughs> That's a good excuse to have. Um so well, it's more it's about a great excuse. Serious question. You ready? Yeah. It could be Port Rush, it could be from a time in Pfeiffer, it could be from growing up in Barry Money. Is there a time? in your life when something's like really tested your your metal because like you you come across like really positive really proactive has there been a time when it's like something's like oh jesus i just can't keep doing this it could be about god it could be about anything oh i don't know no i don't think so do you know what i feel i've been very lucky in life and just you know every time a kind of problem arises i've been able to over overcome it and you know, I have a very good support network at home with my family and my friends and, and in work I've you know, 
like Gary, Gary and I are just the best of friends, like really, and you know we work so well together. And then with Alan Bumbar as well, he's one of our assistants, and um, he was all right we, on course back in the day, wasn't he? I wasn't bad. bad. You can take a pound off now, <laughs> um, but <laughs> um, but no, he, like we all just been, we all get on. We have a really good um work relationship, and yeah, no, I just I think I've gotten so far touch wood. I've been very lucky in life to not really have had those thoughts. <laughs> What's the best decision you've ever made? Come to help Gary out for a week. <laughs> That's an easy one, wasn't it? <laughs> I was watching. <laughs> I was watching. It's something I want to do, right? And it might be something you might do in prep for the open. You know, when all the guys and girls come, like celebs or or, or pros, and they come and play a hole. I watched them. Um, I think golf.com on uh, on YouTube, and they did like uh-huh. with Max Homa, so like a really good yeah. um, persona, really good character. And it was just tea to green. They just hit him with questions. About everything and anything. I'm almost like your favorite historic character. <laughs> like, who would you pick? So, who would you pick? In my favorite historic character. Favorite historic character, go. I, oh, I don't know. Go and say Gary. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 not Gary. Because <laughs> then you'd have to manage me. I'd have to manage myself. That would be a nightmare. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm going to be Bobby Jones or something to do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, good. I'll, good. I'll send I'll send you the link after. It's a good listen. It's a good listen. Yeah. What's the plan this year for you for golf? Let's try and play some golf this year. That's what the plan is. <laughs> good. No, outside the, outside the low walls of Port Rush. Yeah. Well, do you know what? We were in the States there last week, or not last week, last uh, not even last month. We were in March this year, flying in, in January for the PGA show. Um, and we've got to play Sawgrass, which is amazing. Um, and medalists and like Nona. But yeah, I think I'll probably try and play. Do you know what? I'd like to play some more courses around Ireland. <clears throat> well, you know where to come down west. I gave you an, an invite three years ago, nearly now. Sophie's tree. That's my like benchmark in life. How old is Sophie? So there's one mm-hmm. for you. Um, when you go to courses like the three you just mentioned, what do you get yeah. in the pro shop? What do you buy? As a memento. Oh, I'm a bit of a, a, a cheapskate. I'm a ball marker girl. <laughs> I used to be a ball. I used, I used to get ball markers. My lesson was I only ever bought one. So now I buy like four or five. I know. Like I, the problem is I used to go to those courses and buy shirts. But sure, I never get to wear the shirts because I'm always representing Port Rush. So it's pointless. <laughs> um, so if I go somewhere, I'm always in a Port Rush shirt too. So, yes, and I just buy ball markers. I don't wear hats. There's no point in buying a hat. So, yeah, I buy ball markers or a hoodie. I actually bought a few hoodies um, from some courses. I bought a hoodie from Seminole, actually. That, that might come up in the Q&A. You never know. Um, <laughs> that's actually something I've moved to buying as well, is like a casual T-shirt with like, yeah. so I have like Bally Bunyan, and it's like yeah. just a T-shirt mm-hmm. right to the gym or yeah. wear the Saturday brunch or whatever. Um, yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Quick for a Q&A, Miss Rita. Are you ready? These are the most important Oh, questions. I don't know. I'm a bit nervous. <laughs> of all people, I don't think you ever get nervous. <laughs> but when was the last time you were nervous on the golf course? What was, like, the hardest shot, you like, under pressure you to hit? Uh, Seven foot sawgrass back in January. 
You sound. You don't sound like you're scared, though. You don't sound. You don't no, sound I, like it's a scaring experience. But you see, the problem is, if I'd have missed the green on Semagar, if I'd have missed the green, the whole golf club would have known about it. <laughs> where, where was the pain? Sunday pain? Uh, no, back right. Yeah, Sunday pain. Yeah. yeah. That is the Sunday pain, isn't it? Yeah. But, um, long grass on Sunday pain. This quick fire QA ain't, ain't too quick fire. Right, let's go. If you listen to many more episodes, you'll find that it's actually not very, very quick fire at all. Darlene Reed, what would your walk on song be? Simply there, go on. Uh, gin or pizza? <laughs> gin or pizza? Gin or pizza or gin? gin? Oh, we know where your mind's tracking. Gym as in the exercise place uh, or pizza. Oh, well. Go for the pizza all day. 100%. <laughs> uh, hat, visor or bucket hat? Oh, here I don't do that. None. None. That's okay. None. A lot of the time, especially when I'm playing bad, I take my hat off because I'm like, I'm not even good enough to wear this. I'm just going <laughs> to put on my bag. My self-talk <laughs> needs to improve, in fairness. Um, happy Gilmore or Tin Cup? Happy Gilmore. Walk or cart? Walk. Golf hoodies, yes or no? On the Big course. Yeah. Big yeah. Instagram or Twitter? Instagram. Play or practice? Play. I'm going to give you a scenario now. Okay. Uh, a, hypothetical, a hypothetical one. Uh, we'll say we're after, it's the Monday evening after the Open 2025. So you've done all the ce celebratory stuff with, with members and with club on the Sunday. So this is your evening on the Monday night. You're planning dinner. You can have whatever six people you want. Three people down the right, three people down the left. Who makes the cut? Oh, we'll go Tiger, Rory, maybe Jordan C. Um, what's fun? Joel, da um, Joel, Joel Damon. He's definitely an after what he's with. Uh, <laughs> um, who else? Oh, we'll go with some old. We'll go I'm gonna assume he'll be there. Um, you know what? Might not be playing, but you'll be around somewhat. You'll be one of the patrons, you'll be around. Absolutely. That's a, that's a good table. That's a good table. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be the waiter. No problem. I have some hospitality in my in my history on the CV somewhere. No fear. There was one, um, there was one question that I filtered from somebody else uh, that, uh -huh. that I meant to ask you. And that's, yeah. how do you prepare for a round of golf? For a round of golf? Well, the way from, I from, now, from wake I'm, up to tea time. <laughs> the way I prepare now is very different to the way I prepared back when I was competitive. So, <laughs> I arrive with good intentions to go to the range. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> um, but yeah, ideally, I would arrive, well, wake up, probably have some breakfast. And then arrive at the club, go hit a few balls, a little bit of chipping, a little bit of putting. Uh, oh, probably I'm just stretched as well, probably in between that. And um, yeah, then maybe went and have some coffee or something, and then go see off. Yeah, one. Charlene Reed, thank you very much for your time. It's been really, really insightful. Thank you for 
fairly enjoyable <laughs> as expected. Um, definitely brightened up my day. Hope you've brightened up a few people who are listening. And thank you very much for your time. I'll see you. I'll see you in Port Rush real soon. Yes, Captain. Bye, Paddy. Thank you. Thanks a million. Bye-bye. Bye. That was the effervescent Charlene Reed of Royal Port Rush. And I did go up a couple of weeks after. You may have seen, if you follow the Instagram, uh, Paddy Talk Golf, that I was up there. I took some photos. If you like those photos, give them an old share. Um, I think I'm going to put up one in particular as a downloadable in this week's newsletter. So if you're on the um, the timesheet at pennytoskoff.com, you can sign up there. I send a newsletter maybe once a month, every other month really. Um, just kind of giving information around what podcasts are up. And also there's like free downloadables, like a desktop background. So there's that. We organize workshops through it. Um, updates from the Beyond Scratch private Facebook group. So there's loads of other little value pieces you might get or might be interested in in that kind of monthly or bi-monthly um, installment uh, newsletter, essentially. Um, but yeah, I really hope you enjoyed the, the episode. I could have talked to Charlene for the whole day, if not multiple days, um, such as her personality um, and hospitality when I got there as well. It was, it's phenomenal. So Royal Port Rush, my number one on the island. Um, in terms of golf course experience as well as off course. Um, I was driving, but the Guinness Zero was spot on. Um, other beers are available. But um, I hope you enjoyed the episode. It's episode 150. It's a milestone for us all. So thank you all for listening. Please do continue sharing the show you know, with your family, with your friends, in your WhatsApp groups, across Facebook, wherever. It's all thoroughly appreciated. Um, and yeah, there's much more to come. I'm not going to stop anytime soon. Um, baby coming next week so routine will change but this podcast will be here until same bad time uh, same bad channel we're going on Friday mornings now so hopefully you enjoy this for your Friday or your weekend or whenever you listen to it until we tee up again soon I'm back <laughs>